Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is Friday, October 16th, and it's time for another episode of the Football Betting Show, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined as always by legendary handicapper, Brandon Lang. A reminder, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Football Betting Show wherever you get your podcasts from, and this way you get new episodes downloaded directly to your mobile device so you have them in time to place your bets for Saturday's college football action and Sunday's NFL games. We are brought to you by betonline.ag. The wait is over. Football is back, and you might not be at the games this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. You know, Brandon and I have a lot of action on the football games each and every weekend, and there's no better place to bet than betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well because it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What's going on, Brandon? I know it's a bounce-back weekend for me coming up. How about you? No, absolutely. It's the, uh, you know, since football started at the end of August, we uh, we had one every single weekend, except last weekend I got my ass absolutely handed to me. It started with believing the Miami Hurricanes were back, which they are not. And then I talked myself into thinking Philip Rivers would go into Cleveland and win, and I was fucking clueless. Um I will tell you if God, if I was asleep tonight and I woke up at 2 a.m. and God was sitting at the edge of my bed and he hands me a pair of sunglasses because the, his white gown is so bright and he says, my son, I feel your pain. I feel your anger. I feel your hate towards Philip Rivers. Let it go, my son. He'll cover for you this weekend. I would look at God and I would say, my Lord, I can't trust you. I can't. I can't trust you because as soon as you tell me to put my money on Philip Rivers, he will cut a deal with the devil and he'll take us both down. And here comes Jesus and Moses. They come and they're all hard sell pitch, hard sell clothes. Like they're getting me, trying to get me to come to their college. And I just get guys, you need to leave my room now. Take the lemonade and leave my room. God, I'm sorry but I, I can't do it. Philip will figure out a way to screw me. That's the way it is. He, yeah. He's right up there with Steve McNair. When Steve McNair died, and, and by the way, let me just touch base on this real quick. When Steve McNair died, he died at the house of his buddy when his mistress shot him in the head when he was cheating on his wife and I think three or four children who were literally half mile away. So before we start going, oh, my God, he died. Look how he died and what he was doing. But beyond that, I had buddies call me and say, dude, where were you? Do you have an alibi? Do you have an alibi? <laughs> oh, so, he, so he was as bad as Philip Rivers for you. That is as bad as Philip Rivers. So Philip Rivers is, is, is right there as well. So until uh, my life will never be at peace until Philip Rivers retires and, and, and goes to wherever he lives with his 127 children and, and gets the fuck out of Dodge because he is fucking horrible. Well, let's bounce back. Then. At, 
And then Monday night, I talked myself into thinking they were the right side, and obviously they weren't because Drew Brees can only throw the ball eight yards downfield, and uh, they're fucking clueless. So they're going nowhere. So as good as I am in college football at BrandonLang.com, 6-1 and one this year, I can't pick my nose in the NFL at the current moment. And that's unfortunate because I got off to like a 4-1 and one start in the NFL. So as good as I was in August and September, we've come out a little, uh, little cold here in October. But, uh, you know, let's go. Well, let's bounce back. Yeah, I need a bounce back college football weekend because I had my first losing card of the season last weekend. I got four games on my card here for Saturday. I want to read them out to you and give you my explanations and let me know what you think. Uh, first, first, we'll go BC plus 13 and a half. Okay. And uh, in my write-up, I talk about how Boston College has been a fun team to watch this year. And if not for a two-point conversion pick return the other way, they could realistically be 4-0. Phil Jerkovich uh, has this team as the 16th passing team in the country. They average close to 300 yards per game in the air. And on the flip side, Vatek has been torched for nearly 260 yards per game through the air. And on the ground, uh, Vatek has holes as well, allowing 225 rushing yards per game. This is absolutely not Bud Foster's defense anymore. And the game plan is going to be simple. Virginia Tech's going to lean on their rushing attack, which has been as good as anyone in the country. They're going to try and control the clock, limit the possessions for BC. But I think the number's too high. And when Boston College has the ball, they will score. And there's just too many holes in this Hokie defense that if Boston College can get a couple of third down stops, they could actually win this game outright. But I'm going to take the 13 and a half points and go with Boston College. I really like this guy halfway. I really do. 3-0 is a dog this year. And even with the coach before him, 17-5 in one run um, as a dog since 2017. Um, they've won and covered the last. Uh, they've won the last two and covered the last three in this series. Um, you're on the right side of the game. Um, I, I like BC in this game as well. All right, we go with our next underdog play, and that's Wake Forest plus three. In my opinion, the wrong team's favored in this game. UVA quarterback Brennan Armstrong likely out due to a concussion, and there's a drop off in talent between him and the backup Lindell Stone. Wake's weakness is their passing defense, but I don't think Stone's going to be able to exploit it. Wake's defensive numbers are bad, but chalk that up to games against Clemson and NC State. They blew out Campbell, which gives their offense confidence coming to this one. They put up 42 points and 66 points in back-to-back games, and they're going to have their chances against the Virginia defense, allowing 285 yards per game through the air, 27 points per game, and too many turnovers. Wake quarterback Sam Hartman has yet to throw a pick this year. The trends are also hot as Wake is 6-0 against the spread in their last six as a home dog of three or less. Love it. You know me and home dogs in college football. Absolutely love it. And I like this kid, Sam Hartman. If you watch, I think he was the, I think he was the second episode of QB1. Um, first episode was Tate Martell mm-hmm. and Jake Fromm and this kid that uh, just transferred out of Wake Forest and went to a, a Division two school. QB2, QB2 was, was Hartman. And what a stud. I mean, he could be a model. Kid's just an absolute stud. So yeah, I like I like Wake Forest at home. You're uh, you're going two and zero. What All right, else? Let's go. UCF minus two and a half. And the reason being is I don't know what to make of Memphis. They beat Arkansas State in their opener. They had to wait a month before battling and eventually losing to SMU. Now 13 more days off before taking on UCF, coming off a shocking loss to Tulsa last week. 
Against SMU, Memphis started off slow. They fell behind 17-3, then 24-3, but they did a good job finding their footing, and they put up massive numbers, and they came back in that game. But I wonder what would have happened if SMU didn't lose its top two offensive players in that game due to injury in McDaniel and Roberson. UCF last week lost because of turnovers and penalties. 18 flags for 124 yards is impossible to overcome. If they play a cleaner game, they'll have no problem with Memphis. The Knights average 585 yards per game. Memphis does average 500, but they only played two games as opposed to three. I think it'll be high scoring. I think it'll be fun. But if UCF wins the turnover battle, which I expect them to do, UCF wins this game. Well, I will tell you this. They've definitely owned the series between these two as of late. Um, Memphis, no covers last four at the Liberty Bowl. They've lost the last four outright to the Knights, one, two, and one against the spread in that game. Um, teams didn't play in 2019. And, and, and Silverfield, 0-3 versus the line as a Memphis coach yet to cover a game. I think you're correct. You play Central Florida and force Memphis to show you uh, that they're heading in the right direction. All right, my final college football play, and I bet this two days ago when the line dropped significantly, and that's Alabama minus three. I even tweeted out the picture on my Twitter account, at Scott's on air, to show you the ticket, minus three at DraftKings. Uh, the line might be four and a half right now to even five. If you can buy it down, buy it down, but whatever. The key word here is panic. It seems that with the Nick Saban news, the college football world went into a panic about how Alabama would respond in a tough situation against Georgia. They respond by winning. I understand that people think this is the biggest game of the year so far between these because it's these two teams. But, Brandon, this won't even be the biggest game that these two teams will play against each other this year because they're going to meet again in the SEC championship game. No one in the West is beating Alabama, and as long as Georgia beats Florida, they're going to represent the East. So you can make an argument that this game doesn't even mean that much for Georgia because their season still hinges on the Florida game, win or lose against Alabama. Now, as far as Nick Saban goes, I talked to someone close to the Alabama coaching staff. His exact quote to me, I asked him, what does Saban do in-game that separates him? He said, quote, he oversees quite a bit on pace and key strategic decisions, but not sure it will be a big difference without him. Steve Sarkeesian has coached enough big games. He can handle tough decisions if they even come up. And on the field, Najee Harris is graded out as the best running back in the country. Mac Jones is playing incredible football. And if Georgia has to put an extra guy in the box to stop Harris, Mac Jones and Jalen Waddell will eat their lunch. Georgia's strength is their defense. Alabama's strength is their offense. So that's going to be a fun matchup. But on the other side, Georgia's offense is eh. Alabama's offense is a defense is eh, but Alabama struggled against A&M's size and against the pace of Ole Miss. Georgia does not have the pace of Ole Miss, and they don't have the size of A&M. So Georgia's going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to win the time of possession, and as long as Alabama can stop the run, their corners are going to be able to cover anybody that Georgia has on the outside. Alabama wins this game. Roll tight. I'm going to stay away from it. It, it sounds fishy to me from the standpoint of if Tom Brady, if the line came out in the NFL on a Sunday night and Brady was playing and Aaron Rodgers was playing, Drew Brees was playing, and the line in the game was minus seven, and then it's found out on Tuesday that Rodgers got COVID, Brady got COVID, Brees got COVID, those guys are worth about six and a half, seven points. 
Vegas is basically telling you they don't think Saban means much because the line was six and a half and then went down to four and a half. So Saban's only worth two points. So they're telling you that they pretty much think it's going to be a football game. They pretty much think it's going to, it's going to be competitive. It's going to go right down to the wire. Um, I'm just going to watch this game because I know by watching this game, I'll have the SEC championship winner between these two. There's some other games on the board that I absolutely love, um, and that and that and that's that's a game that for me, I don't think there's value with Saban being out and as big as big a marquee game as it is. I wish you luck with it, and uh, I, if I had to play a side, I would lean towards I would lean towards Georgia because I think it's a field goal game. Now, with that being said, what what was our dinner game last week? Uh, it was in the NFL. So we want to do a college football. I'll I'll take Alabama and and give me my three because that's what I betted at two days ago, and I'll show you the ticket. Right. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but you can't have three while we're doing this podcast on a Friday, and the line is four and a half. Listen, hey, so. hey, that's not my fault though. I don't my that's not my Hold fault to tell you we're, when we're to bet it. Over, don't 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 be a little woman here. You, you either have the confidence in the pick that they're going to win this game by seven or more and cover the number. You're happy you got value at three and not get, and give me the four and a half. Be a man. Step to the plate. What are you hoping they win by three? You bought it to two and a half. You're like, yay. If it's a pick you like, okay, you got value, but the current line is four and a half. Your clients are going, well, Scott, do I still lay the four and a half? I didn't get the three like you. What do I do, Scott? Do I lay the four and a half? What do I do? And I'll tell you, I'll give you the four and a half. Alabama wins this game. Thank you. Thank God you answered that way because you would have got crucified if you said, well, I don't like it at four and a half, but I like it at three. All right, that's our game. Write that down somewhere so you don't forget. I got it. Give me your um, – give me give me the college play that you love before you give me the NFL plays. South Carolina plus the, plus the points. Um, I just – I just don't believe in Bo Nix. I just don't – I don't believe in Bo Nix. Yeah. I don't believe in Auburn. Not enough to be a, a, this, a road favorite. This South Carolina team has played tough. They had Tennessee on the ropes, right? Mm-hmm. They had Tennessee on the ropes. Um, they're 13 to 7 as a dog since 2017. Muschamp, 8 and 4 as a dog, is 8 and 4 as an SEC host. This South Carolina team plays tough. They hung in there with Florida um, at home. They got some playmakers. I'm going to take South Carolina plus the three. And the only other game I like that, that kind of jumped off the page at me, which sucked, was Tulsa. I had Tulsa oh, wow. I Tulsa loved Tulsa. Cincinnati. I loved that. Yep. That, was my, that, was, that was my favorite play. I was going to go Tulsa yep. money line and actually the over in that game because I think there's, yep. there was and points got, there. Yeah, and it got canceled. And it got taken off the board. Yep. So that's it. We'll rock and roll with that. Let's go. All right. Give me, NFL. Give, me, give me the NFL plays, Brandon. Let's go. Bounce back weekend. Please explain to me how going back to last year, the Detroit Lions are 1-12 straight up their last 13 games. They have one win, and that was at Arizona. And they're laying three on the road. Jacksonville? Which means that Sorry. they which means that they would be nine point favorites at home against the Jags? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Patricia no covers last four as a favorite. Um, this Jacksonville team's feisty at home. The heat, the humidity. Uh, give me Jacksonville. 
by the half point, you get three and a half over Detroit. I like that a lot. Do you think, do you have a read on this Dolphins-Jets game? Nine and a half, I know the Jets suck, and, and trust me, they suck. But the Dolphins, when laying nine or more points, usually not a recipe for covers. Yeah, you, you would think that this would be a game the Jets cover, but I said this at the beginning of the year, and I'll say it again. You can't waffle back and forth with the Jets. You either just keep going against them every week, mm-hmm, and at mm-hmm. the end of the year, what, what is your record going to be? The Jets, at best, are going to finish 4-12 and against the spread. Yeah. So flip it around. You would have gone 12-4 and against the spread, betting against them every mm-hmm, single mm-hmm. week. So there you go. Just keep going against them time <laughs> and time and time and time again. Listen, Jets own five straight up and against the spread in 2020, two and eight against the spread their last 10 since late 2019, two and seven against the spread their last nine away. So this is just, this is a Jets team that's in big, big, big trouble. Um, get all over the Jets. I'm, I'm Dalton Miami. Brother. Yep. Are we uh, fucking Philip Rivers and going with Joe Burrow and the Bengals to cover the high number? Can't ever say that name to me again because <laughs> I've been in therapy all week and just his the mention of his name puts me in a tailspin. All right, I'm one drink away from being in a a, a brothel in Tijuana, Mexico, uh, on a bender. So next, um, I wouldn't trust Andy Dalton. I'll take Arizona plus the one and a half over Dallas. Okay. Dallas is another team. No covers. First five games this year. Dallas is in a free fall and in trouble. Play to the over. So Dallas like plays four and zero to the over. Dallas. Yeah, they're 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 scoring some points. Four, five and, and then the last there. game is is the Rams. The Rams are one bad call away from being undefeated. Um, they're playing tremendous football all year long. You are the Niners in an injury riddled free fall, playing musical chairs with the quarterback you gave a lot of money to. You just couldn't beat Carson Wentz and the Eagles. You just couldn't beat Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins. And now you're probably seeing the better team of all three of those in the Red Hot Rams on Sunday night. I know the number is three. I hate laying chalk on the road. But in this case, I will keep going against the Niners because they're falling into that Super Bowl hangover team that just can't find it after after losing the Super Bowl in the manner in which they did. And this is going to be a long, bad year. They'll reset, get healthy, and they'll be a force to be reckoned with. But in the NFC West, it is a two-horse race with Seattle and the Rams. Take the Rams by the half, late two and a half. I like it. Uh, what about the Falcons? You think there's a there's a, a fight from them after firing Dan Quinn? You know, we usually see teams get a little bit of a boost after they fire their head coach. It happened with the Texans last week. They won for their interim coach, Romeo Cornell. The Falcons, four-point dogs in Minnesota. Do they have a fight in them after firing Dan Quinn? I don't know, but I'll tell you this: over the post total, fifty-four. Over the post total, yep. They just they they they've gone over six of the last nine away. Vikings have gone over eleven of their last sixteen regular season games after Seattle last Sunday night. Wow, I like that a lot. Actually, I'm all like, right, that might be one of my favorite. I might be my favorite NFL play. Go over that post total. Yep. Over the post total, Atlanta's going to score. It doesn't matter who you are; they're they're going to score. Um, and that's it. I mean, on the NFL board, that that kind of all that tickles my fancy. All right, brother. Bounce back weekend. Big weekend for both of us. And remember, all will not be well in the world until Philip Rivers retires. That's it. We'll be waiting. Close the book. <laughs>
We'll be waiting. See All right, you. have a good week. Good luck this weekend. See you later. And there you have it. For Brandon Lang, I'm Scott Seidenberg, reminding you once again to subscribe, rate, and review the Football Betting Show wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can always follow me on Twitter at Scott's on Air and head to BrandonLang.com for more information on B. Lang. Good luck this weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.